0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
1: It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Good evening, listener. You're listening to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. On tonight's edition, we invite you to leave behind your safe reality and descend with us into the frightening depths of the most terrifying imaginations with audio adaptations of frightening fiction about sacrificial sentience. I'm your host, Steve Taylor. And tonight, I'll be your guide as we traverse the dimly lit corridors of your darkest dreams. Joining us tonight to help bring to life the frightening fiction of P.D. Williams, our voice talents Michael Klein, Melissa Medina, Risa Montanez, and Olivia Steele. Now, get your ticket ready. Take your seat in our Theater of the Minds and brace yourself. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Our tale this evening is written by P.D. Williams and is performed by Michael Klein, Melissa Medina, Risa Montanez, and Olivia Steele. Kara's life is out of control. The baby she'd yearned for has died and her husband has left her for another woman. Lonely and depressed, she curls up on the sofa and watches a documentary about a company named New Birth that manufactures and sells hyper-realistic dolls for women who have lost a child. Hoping for some relief from her inward pain, she orders one. But her love for her male order daughter turns into heart-thumping terror as the doll in the crib... Becomes a monster that controls her life. Now, without further ado, I present to you It Cries at Night.
2: Kara's life was pinwheeling at the edge of a cliff. Soon, it would plummet into an endless freefall. The new baby she and Kevin had hoped would bring them closer together died before taking its first breath of life. The infant was going to be an answer to Kara's silent prayers for a healthy baby girl. When the doctor had informed them that Kara would never again conceive, Kevin decided he was done. Like a dissatisfied customer, he exchanged the damaged product he initially purchased for a better, more reliable one. Unfortunately, in Kara's case, she was the broken item and Elise was the more attractive alternative. Kara didn't have a husband, child, or life anymore. The daughter she'd dreamed of having would never feel her mother's warmth, nor hear her lullabies. She was alone in a quiet McMansion with an empty nursery. To occupy her free time, she watched television and emptied several cardboard boxes of wine from Costco's fertile vineyards. One day, overcome by boredom, Kara curled up, on the overly expensive leather sofa that Kevin had said they had to have. Setting her glass of wine on the coffee table, she picked up the remote.
3: So, what's rocking on Netflix? There's always something good, right?
2: As she flipped past the TV shows and movies that held no appeal for her, she checked out something a bit more intellectually stimulating. Documentaries. The first few selections didn't impress her. History of the Rolling Stones
3: Before my time...
2: The Roman Aqueduct System
3: (sighs) Who cares?
2: The 70s in Review
3: What were we thinking back then?
2: She scrolled through several titles until she found one that had potential. The promo pic showed a man assembling a doll. The title was Birth of the Synthetic Child...
3: Hello, what's this one?
2: Kara read its synopsis. Skilled artists create them. Collectors purchase them. And childless parents interact with them. This documentary explores the world of realistic, interactive dolls. Kara clicked on the documentary, took a sip of wine, and got comfortable. In the opening scene, a young woman was sitting in a nursery... Everything was in slow motion. She was wearing a flowing white gown and seated in a rocking chair. The soft sunlight streaming in through the room's window cast an ethereal, golden-hued glow. The woman was cradling a newborn. A gentle swirl of calming mood music permeated the setting. The screen cut to a man sitting at a work table. The artisan was weaving hair into a doll's scalp, sequences of him inserting eyes that opened and shut. Along with bending the dolls into lifelike poses, followed this. These are highly skilled artists who meticulously create realistic babies, the narrator said. The infants are so rich in their detail that doll collectors buy them by the dozens. Many psychologists claim synthetic replacements can often be therapeutic for women who have lost a child or who cannot conceive. Next came somber interviews with young couples who'd lost an infant. Their poignant stories moved Kara. She held back a cascade of thick tears as she found her heart overtaken with sympathy. However, listening to their happy testimonials about having welcomed a synthetic child into their lives brought about another emotion. Hope. Kara noted the company's name. New Birth.
3: What do you think, girl?
2: She opened a middle drawer in the coffee table, pulled out a pen and notepad, and jotted down the company's name. Then she laid the information on the coffee table to rest while she gave the idea some thought. After a few days, Kara decided it was time to end her pity party. Before she could change her mind, she marched into Kevin's former home office and fired up the PC. Her hands paused over the keyboard.
3: I will just do it.
2: She ordered herself. She googled the company's name and watched the computer's small, colorful wheel spin until it located New Birth's website. The main page displayed a full-screen picture of a sleeping infant nestled in a crib. Kara flipped through a few dozen photos before stopping at a picture of a female doll. Its face, with its look of pure innocence, was mesmerizing. Its fingers were curled and delicate, just like those of a real infant. Enthralled, Kara ran her fingertip over the image, tracing an imaginary line around its bright, open eyes and dark strands of auburn hair. She remembered the soul-deep smiles of young couples in the documentary. She told herself that she wasn't purchasing a toy. She was searching for a daughter.
3: I know it's weird, but...
2: Kara moved on to the site's checkout page. She read all the purchasing information as quickly as possible. To her, they were simply words on a page. She was eager to get the critical part, bringing home the baby. Near the end of the purchase agreement, Newbirth asked customers to complete a complimentary birth certificate that accompanied each doll. Its purpose was to add an emotional element to the experience. The document requested a name for the newborn. Kara didn't expect this formality. She sat with her lips pursed and thought. Then it hit her. The storage box in the attic. It contained a short list of names she packed away, along with other baby items she could never bring herself to throw out.
3: The name on the list that caught my attention, what was it?
2: She closed her eyes until it popped out as if it were born.
3: Oh, Amy! Your name is Amy.
2: The company's shipping schedule stated that the model Kara had chosen was currently out of stock, and it would be a minimum of six weeks before they could ship the order. Therefore, the package that greeted her the next morning caught her off guard. Kara wasn't expecting any deliveries, yet there was a small cardboard box at her feet. She searched her mind, making certain that she hadn't forgotten a previous purchase. She hadn't. Someone might have sent her a gift, even though she didn't keep track of her own birthday, so why would anyone else? There wasn't a return label, only her mailing info. An idea sprang to her mind, and she beamed.
3: Oh, wait, it can't be the doll... Oh, but I bet it is. (sighs) I wasn't expecting you for a while. I suppose this early arrival qualifies you as a preemie. Hmm.
2: Trembling with anticipation, she took the item inside. Kara toted the package into the dining room and placed it on the table. Then she went into the kitchen, retrieved a pair of scissors from the catch-all drawer, and prepared herself to meet her mail-ordered daughter. Kara thought of a shallow grave when she looked down at the packet and peanuts. The thought chilled her. She began clawing to rescue the infant from its cardboard casket. She placed her hands under its arm and yanked it out.
3: Well, here we are, you and me. So, how's about the nickel tour? This is the dining room where we dine... Through there is the living room, where we live, and this doorway leads into the kitchen, where we... catch.
2: (laughs) At the last line, Kara giggled until she snorted.
3: (laughs) Excuse me, (laughs) I haven't heard that sound in ages.
2: She studied the face of the rubber child.
3: (sighs) I'm insane, aren't I? Well, if we're gonna do this, let's go all in, right?
2: Although awkward at first, she cradled the doll in her arms and began swinging it gently back and forth. Then, looking at its clothes, cringed.
3: Uh, Only a man could pick this outfit. We've got to remedy this once we get you settled in. Oh, let's check out your room.
2: She carried Amy upstairs and entered the nursery. Everything was just as she and Kevin had left it after they'd decorated. The pleasant morning sunlight cascaded in, minute dust particles dancing rhythmically in its warm rays. It reminded her of the happy young mother in the documentary. Kara sauntered to the rocking chair next to the window, easing herself and the new infant down into its soft comfort. With Amy's head resting on her shoulder, Kara rocked for several minutes before laying the doll inside the crib. Kara stopped and turned. An unexpected peace fell upon her. As hope wrested joy from her marred spirit, returning it to her again and again in endless abundance. Life and love filled her, the closed door of her heart fully open, fully free. She smiled. Welcome home, baby girl. Kara immersed herself in caring for the doll. The two were becoming inseparable. Feedings, baths, and nursery songs filled her time in a way that lounging in front of the TV couldn't. With Amy snuggled in a papoose, Kara shopped for clothes, toys, bottles, to add to the baby supplies already stored in the attic. She bought formula, as the anatomically correct model could pretend to urinate. Likewise, its eyes and mouths opened based on its position, making feedings possible. The approving glances of the passerby encouraged and amused Kara, as they seemed to enjoy the believable sight of a doting mother carrying her child. Shortly after returning home, Kara placed the bags of baby items on the dining room table, removed one of the new pairs of pajamas, then took Amy to the nursery. After dressing Amy, Kara took a picture with her phone.
3: Ooh, Mom's girl looks so cute. She cooed. I'm going to get some formula for your tummy, then sing your favorite lullaby. But first, I give you the greatest kiddies band on earth, The Wiggles.
2: She turned on the CD player and left. Kara went downstairs and began warming the formula in the microwave. She swayed in time with the wiggles, humming along with her upbeat version of Itsy Bitsy Spider. Suddenly, the song stopped midway through a verse. The house became still and silent. The lone ticking of the wall clock added to its eeriness. Kara went upstairs to check things out. The room was as she'd left it, was at the end of the cd she went to the dresser and saw that the player was in the off position she pressed the play button and the song picked up where it had stopped must be defective Kara hit the stop button and went to the crib
3: did you get tired of the wiggles i'm getting a little sick of them too
2: she noticed the onesie pajamas that amy was wearing appeared tight on her
3: what's this all about
2: Upon closer inspection, she discovered that the fabric around the wrists and ankles had shortened.
3: Hmm. I could have sworn they fit. Next time, check the size, dummy.
2: Although she'd rationalized the CD and the pajamas, Kara still felt uneasy. To hell with the formula. This tired Mama needs to burn off some stress. Kara leaned over the crib.
3: We'll just hold on to the formula and go straight to the nap Loma's thing.
2: She bent down and kissed the sleeping child on her soft forehead. Then, keeping the nursery neat, she straightened the stuffed toys in the crib.
3: Sleep tight, mommy's girl,
2: she whispered before leaving the room. Kara went downstairs and rode the Peloton for an hour. Afterwards she went to the kitchen, sliced a grapefruit in half, and sat down for a light lunch. When she finished, she returned upstairs to dress Amy so she could take her to the park and enjoy some fresh air and sunlight. As soon as Kara entered the room, she stopped. Amy was sitting up, her head facing the door. The stuffed toys were scattered across the floor. Kara shivered as her imagination toyed with her. God, please don't let anyone be up here. She worked up the courage and stepped into the hall.
3: Hey! Is anybody up here? I'm calling the police.
2: She heard no movement, but waited. Cautiously, she checked upstairs, but found no one.
3: God, I must be losing my mind.
2: It took a while for her nervousness to ebb.
3: Time to get out of this house and relax. But first...
2: Carl was glad she still had the various sized clothing that she bought for her natural daughter to grow into... After selecting a few outfits from the attic, she returned to the nursery and dressed Amy. Then they went to the park, a mother and her child.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
2: It was a warm June morning. The sun's rays bright but gentle. Cara was sitting on a warm park bench, pushing the baby carriage back and forth, humming with every motion. The sound of fresh summer air tickling the leaves of the surrounding trees coupled with the joyful squeals of children on swings and merry-go-rounds, creating a soothing symphony of life. I bet the first sound you hear in heaven is the laughter of little children. Someone called out, pulling her thoughts back into the wood bench. Two benches down, a 30-ish looking woman was waving to get her attention. A younger woman was sitting to her right. Down here! The older woman said.
3: I haven't seen you before. Judging by the stroller, I'm guessing you're a new mom? Yes, I am. Kara said. I'm a first-timer. I take it you guys come here often? Yep. We're two of the regulars. I'm Kathy. I own the boy in the Paw Patrol t-shirt and the girl in the chocolate-stained jeans.
2: The younger woman leaned around her companion.
4: Hi, I'm Mary Beth. I'm an au pair for the Wild Child in the overpriced Baby Gap overalls. Hey. It was this job or dog walking. (laughs) She joked. Nice
3: to meet you, Kara said. I'm Kara. This is my daughter Amy.
4: Welcome to our world,
2: said Marybeth.
4: Mind if we take a peek?
2: Kara hesitated, concerned that the woman would think her odd.
3: Uh, Gee, I, I I don't know. She's napping right now. I don't want to wake her. We'll be quiet, said Kathy. We promise.
2: Kara tensed, her nerves clawing at her stomach.
3: I don't know. Once you wake her... Don't worry,
2: Kathy assured her.
3: We're experts at not waking sleeping children. How else will we have any peace?
2: Marybeth laughed, shaking her head in agreement. Before Kara could protest again, the woman approached her. They both beamed as they surrounded the stroller. For a few seconds, the authenticity of the doll fooled them. Mary Beth was the first to notice. What the? She said.
4: What is wrong with you? This isn't a real baby. Uh, let me look.
2: Kathy said, pulling back the thin pink blanket, concealing the pretend child. Her eyes broadened, a mix of surprise and confusion.
3: Are you freaking kidding me?
2: Kara felt the heat of their judgment.
3: Y- you don't understand... She huffed. Look, I know how this appears, but.
2: As if Kara were an axe wielding maniac, Kathy backed away. You need to go, she said.
3: All right, I just wanna. I mean now.
2: Kathy barked. The lively park came to a halt as people watched the commotion. A man who'd been swinging his little boy looked in Kara's direction, suspicion blazing in his glaring eyes. Kara rushed from the park. In the distance, she heard Kathy yell,
4: You freak!
2: Kara walked around her neighborhood for hours, hoping the exertion would de-stress her from the grueling and humiliating incident at the park. Remembering the reactions of the park dwellers, she became angry. Who were they to judge? Had they let go of a dream that would never come true? A life without a child? As darkness hovered in the distance, Kara was to the point of tiredness. She parked Amy's carriage in the foyer and carried her upstairs, giving her comforting taps on her back. Shh,
3: shh, shh. it's all right now, sweet girl.
2: Kara switched out the doll's outfit for a fresh pair of floral pajamas. After singing and rocking her, Kara went to the kitchen and had a glass of wine. She entered her bedroom, removed her cell phone from her purse, checked her emails. There was only one, new birth. She opened it, thinking it contained additional billing information. Dear Miss Kincaid, we have an update on your order number 62589. Our supplier has informed us it will be an additional two weeks before they can ship the product. We apologize for the inconvenience and deeply appreciate your patience. A representative will be in touch as soon as the product becomes available. Most sincerely, Donna James, Regional Sales Manager.
3: That can't be right.
2: Kara wondered if she should bother to correct their error. How bad would it be to allow them to send a free sister to join Amy? Her conscience will out.
3: No sense in letting them think they screwed up.
2: She wanted to take care of the problem now, so she wouldn't forget.
3: Dear Mrs. James, thank you for reaching out to me. However, there appears to be a mistake. I received my doll the morning after placing the order on June 9th. Please cancel the shipment. Sincerely, Kara Kincaid.
2: Kara hit send, then plugged the phone into the charger on her nightstand... After reading a few chapters of a James Patterson novel, she called it a night. She was reaching for the lamp when the phone dinged. She squinted her bleary eyes and saw that she had another email from new birth. Why are they responding so late? Then she remembered they were on West Coast time. She opened the email. Dear Miss Kincaid, thank you for letting us know about the delivery. However, in correcting our oversight, I found that we have shipped none of these models for a couple of weeks. I checked with our manager in shipping and receiving, and he assures me that his records do not show a shipment of the order. To confirm the status of Model H-236, he searched our warehouse, but did not find any in stock. Also, we have no record of another model being shipped by mistake. We're not sure where the error lies. In the meantime, I'll cancel the delivery of your doll. Thank you for your patronage. Gratefully, Donna James, Regional Sales Manager.
3: Don't say I didn't warn you.
2: Kara felt the urge to look at the pictures she'd taken of Amy earlier. Satisfaction warmed her as she swiped each picture until coming to one shot in particular. Something looked strange with the pajamas. She zoomed in on the onesie. Confusion struck her when she saw it fit the doll. Her neck tingled.
3: Things are getting weird around here.
2: Kara wondered if the newness in her life was making her forget things. She was about to get up and settle the matter, but the day had left her so tired that she lacked the energy.
3: Uh, tomorrow, crazy doll lady, she muttered. Tomorrow.
2: She returned the phone to its charger, switched off the light, and fell asleep thinking of Amy. Kara had been out for hours when a high, whining sound woke her. She lifted her head from her pillow and listened. Silence. Thinking she just dreamed it all. Kara dropped her head back to her pillow. She inhaled deeply and let out a long breath, returning to sleep. The noise woke her again. This time, she got up to investigate. Kara opened the bedroom door, stuck her head out, and listened. Groggily, she attempted to determine the source of the sound. She considered the air conditioning. Then she wondered if the hall's smoke detector was malfunctioning. A chill coursed through her body as she finally placed the noise. A baby was crying, and the sound was coming from the nursery. Kara drifted dreamlike down the hall, following the wail. The closer she got, the more distressed the weeping became, unnerving her. When she arrived at the nursery's door, she reached for the knob, but was afraid to touch it. Her hand shook. She readied herself, then threw open the door. The room went silent. Adrenaline sharpened her senses, allowing her to think more clearly. This is so, so crazy. You're just getting too caught up in this fantasy life. The weak glow of the pink elephant nightlight illuminated some of the quiet room. Kara crept to the crib and peeked in. The doll was lying on its back, its eyes closed. To ensure that she'd not taken leave of her senses, Kara poked the infant with her index finger, then snatched it back. She chuckled with relief when nothing sinister happened. (laughs)
3: Time to cut back on the old vino.
2: She joked. Then?
3: Stupid air conditioner. I'll deal with you tomorrow.
2: She turned to leave.
3: Good night, kiddo. Mommy?
2: Kara stopped. An icy wave of goosebumps washed over her skin. Her lips quivered. Her legs ceased to work.
3: Mommy? Take me.
2: Kara remained motionless, adhered to the floor by naked terror. Mommy! 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 Kara's piercing scream filled the haunted nursery. Horrified, she fled to her bedroom. She slammed the door shut and backed away, tripping over the corner of her bed. Falling backward, her head struck the nightstand, spiraling her into empty darkness. The morning sun streamed through the bedroom window and gradually made its way to Kara's face. She pulled herself up to a sitting position, her tired eyes blinking. She struggled to remember how she'd ended up on the floor. Kara winced as she touched a small lump on the back of her head. She enjoyed a brief respite from the previous night's disturbance before the memory exploded in her frazzled mind. No, 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 she mumbled. Once she collected herself, she set about doing the one thing that terrified her most Checking on Amy The short walk to the nursery felt like a surreal and perpetually stretching journey As her uncooperative feet slid over the hall's thin runner When she reached Amy's open door, she began panting An uncontrollable dread constricting her lungs She peered inside, not sure of what might happen The protective skirting obscured the view of the inner crib, forcing her to move closer. Frigid sweat moistened her gown. Kara looked inside at the doll. With its clothing ripped away, it resembled a watermelon that someone had tried to force into a banana peel. Amy had grown at least a foot taller. The soft tufts of her auburn hair were now fuller and longer.
3: What in the world is happening?
2: She considered running from the house, but she had already convinced enough people she was crazy. A public outburst about haunted dolls would land her in the psych ward.
3: Oh, God. I've got to do this. I've got to know for certain.
2: Kara took three quavering breaths, then picked Amy up, lifting her to face level. She jerked when its eyes opened. Amy? She whispered to the toddler.
3: (laughs) Yes, Mommy?
2: It said through lips that moved stiffly, like a ventriloquist dummy. Kara gasped. Holding the synthetic child, she spoke as calmly as was possible.
3: (gasps) What do you want from me? I need new clothes, Mommy.
2: It replied in a tender voice.
3: I'm feeling cold. Oh, and I'm hungry. Very...
2: hungry. It growled. Kara didn't want to panic. She was afraid of what might happen if she tried to run away again. Her voice shook as she spoke.
3: Uh, th- tell you what, sweetie, you you just lie back down. I'll I'll get you some breakfast and, and find something to fit you. Then, uh, then we'll shop for some n- new clothes.
2: She returned Amy to her crib and backed out of the room, fearful of turning her back to the possessed toy. Kara went to the kitchen where we catch? she remembered. This time, she didn't laugh. What could she feed the doll? Would it want solid food? She remembered a box of honey nut Cheerios in the pantry. After pouring some into a bowl, she laid it on the high chair's tray. Though her legs wobbled, Kara negotiated the staircase, each step propelling her to the room where the haunted doll sat waiting, hungry, alive. Once there, Kara began dressing Amy in a bigger outfit. Tense with terror, she expected the thing to scream at her or grab her arm. With Amy now clothed, she carried her to the stairs, holding her away from her body as though she were toting a wild, flailing animal.
3: If this thing talks to me while I'm going down these stairs, I am going to fall to my death.
2: Kara was glad that Amy was still small enough to fit in her high chair. How am I supposed to feed solid food to a doll? She pulled in a trembling breath.
3: Can you, can you chew your food, Amy? Would you rather mommy fetch you some formula?
2: The doll didn't answer. Its lifeless eyes stared into Kara's. She waited for a response, but none came. The doorbell sent a zap of adrenaline through Kara's body. Her quickened heartbeat thumped in time with her desperate breathing. Despite her fear... It occurred to her that opening the door might provide her with a brief opportunity to escape. She waited for her breath to slow before speaking. As if reading her thoughts, Amy said,
3: Don't you run away from home, Mommy! That would make me so sad and angry.
2: Kara shivered. Could the doll somehow follow her? Was it able to strike her dead with a single murderous thought? Was any of this real? She was too terrified to risk escape. Still, she yearned to touch the real world again. The world where humans were humans and dolls were dolls.
3: Mommy's not going anywhere, I I promise.
2: Kara trotted to the door and peered through the peephole. Standing on the stoop was a young woman dressed in an attractive, thin-strapped summer dress. Kara didn't recognize her. With escape now out of the question, she decided it was best to ignore her and return to the kitchen. Still, she craved a taste of normalcy. If only to assure that she wasn't suffering from a psychotic episode. Kara didn't want to rouse Amy's suspicions, so she prepared herself for answering the door.
4: Oh, hi.
2: The woman said pleasantly.
4: I hope I didn't bother you in the middle of something. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, who are you? Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) My name is Evelyn, and you are? Kara, uh, Kara Kincaid, uh, I'm sorry, what is this about?
2: Her voice quavered, her nerves betraying her.
4: Well, first, hi there, Kara. I'm a member of the Macedonia Baptist Church down on Broad Street. I'm just visiting our neighbors in the community to invite them to our worship service. May I ask,
3: if you're a believer... You no idea what I've come to believe these last
2: few days. Kara said, a sob getting away from her.
4: Is everything okay?
2: Asked Evelyn.
4: You look pale, sweetie. Maybe I should come back another time when you're... Oh, no, no!
2: Kara yelped. She needed to get a grip on herself, or the woman would leave her alone with whatever was waiting in her kitchen. In a more relaxed tone, she said,
3: I mean, please, come in. I'd be happy to have a visitor. Things have been... I've been unsettling lately. With you being a person of faith, I- I'd love to get your perspective on something
4: supernatural.
2: Evelyn felt uneasy.
4: Oh, I don't think I should offer any advice. Um, I'm so sorry. I-, I can see
3: that I've made you uncomfortable. It's a lot to ask of a stranger, but I can use a friend. I need you to... I mean, I'd like you to stay for a minute. You can meet my daughter.
4: Well, okay.
2: Evelyn said with some hesitation. Upon entering the house, Evelyn looked around carefully, as if she might trigger a trap.
4: So? How old's your child?
3: Right now, about two, I think. Just follow me, she's in the kitchen eating some Cheerios.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. Kids your daughter's age sure like to nibble on some Cheerios. Say, what do you mean when you said you think she's about two? She grows in a hurry.
2: <laughs> Kara tried not to appear frightened.
3: Come on, she's just in here.
2: Amy was sitting in her high chair, older and more developed. Her clothes were cutting into her body. She looked about four years old, her hair nearly shoulder length. The bowl of cereal was empty. Evelyn stood next to Kara, speechless. She stared at the foe-child, then moved her eyes to observe Kara. She couldn't help thinking that she might be one of those unfortunate individuals who find themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time.
4: So, this here is your daughter?
2: Kara's eyes grew moist, her lips struggling to keep another sob at bay.
3: Evelyn? Let me ask you a serious question. And in return, I'd like your most candid and heartfelt answer. Okay? Do you think it's possible to love something into existence? Seriously, think about it. And the Bible says that God breathed life into a mound of dust and created humankind. You know? See... I, I wanted a baby very much, so I bought this online, and since yesterday, she's gone from being an
4: infant to a preschooler. You think I'm crazy, don't you, Evelyn? Well, just let me say...
3: Oh, it's okay. I think I was backcraft crazy, too, so... In answer to my
4: question...
2: Evelyn constructed a response carefully.
4: I think... I think with God, all things are possible. But listen, Kara, right? You might want to talk to someone else. I could have my pastor put you in touch with somebody who could help you deal with this.
2: Kara exhaled nervously, shaking her head, then locked eyes with Evelyn.
3: (laughs) Come, Come with me. I want to show you something. Don't worry, I won't attack you or anything. I just need to know if I'm the only person who thinks this is real.
2: Evelyn hesitated. Kara pressed harder.
3: Please, just let me show you something on the computer. It's it's the site where all of this began. It's just look at it. For my sake.
4: Please, Evelyn. Okay. Show me the sat... I'll help you if I can.
2: Kara walked to the office with Evelyn trailing behind her. Stepping behind the desk, she turned on the computer. When she arrived at the New Birth website, she waved Evelyn over. Kara flipped through the images until she came across Amy's.
4: Okay. This is the place where I bought it.
2: Evelyn pointed at the screen. Her brow furrowed.
4: So you're saying that this...
2: Then, pointing towards the kitchen, said...
4: Grew into that? Not only
3: that. Here, check this out. See? Just below the image? It says the company's warehouse is out of stock and that it'll be weeks before they get any more in. Evelyn, she arrived the day after I placed my order. The very next day. Hey, where did it come from? Not from new birth. They swore they never sent her. Evelyn? With God as my witness, that thing appeared out of nowhere and came alive. It cried at first, then it started talking, and now it's almost ready to start freaking kindergarten. Do you think you can help me understand what's happening here? I've been through a lot this year, you know? I lost my baby, and my cheating and self-serving husband left me for another woman, and now...
2: A crash came from the kitchen. Evelyn ran there first with Kara just behind her. Standing in front of the overturned high chair was a leering, four-foot-high doll wearing the ragged remains of the clothing that it had been wearing just moments before.
4: I gotta get
3: out of here!
2: Evelyn yelled.
3: Oh, Evelyn, stay with me!
2: Kara's desperate pleas echoed through the foyer as Evelyn bolted from the house.
3: Evelyn!
2: She hollered again, to no avail. Kara realized she was on her own and would have to save herself. She needed to act fast before the doll became dangerous. Desperate and terrified, she slammed the front door and ran back to the kitchen. Her immediate plan was to grab the doll, throw it down the basement stairs and lock the deadbolt. She hoped it might buy her enough time to figure out a safe way to destroy it. Upon reaching the kitchen, Kara stopped so abruptly that she skidded and fell. Then she screamed. Evelyn was still distraught when she returned to the house later with Reverend Jones. She hoped he didn't think she was having a nervous breakdown, or worse, high on drugs. She was relieved when, hearing a rambling account of the events, he agreed to help her. Evelyn followed Reverend Jones to the front door of the house. She'd fled in terror. Her breath hitched when he rang the doorbell.
4: you'll believe me, Pastor. I'm telling you, there's some sort of devil's play going on in this house. Please don't think I'm crazy. I promise you, I'm not. I know I'm not.
2: Evelyn, Reverend Jones interjected. I never said that you're crazy. I know something happened to you this morning. I just want to sort this out. Look, if it's any consolation, I once... Someone unlocking the door interrupted his train of thought. When it opened, Reverend Jones smiled and said, Hello, ma'am. I'm Reverend Michael Jones from Macedonia Baptist Church. One of my flock, Evelyn here, said that you might require some help. May we come in?
3: Oh, now's not the best time, Reverend. I'm in the middle of cleaning up a mess
2: in the kitchen. I see. Maybe we could stop by when it's more convenient, Ms. Evelyn's face became a petrified mask of horror as the woman with long, auburn hair answered,
3: Amy, just call me Amy.
1: I hope you enjoyed It Cries at Night. As written by P.D. Williams and performed by Michael Klein, Melissa Medina, Risa Montanez, and Olivia Steele. Our newest voice to our chorus of tormented souls, Michael Klein, was born in Minnesota and raised in a quaint little town. He joins us from the constructions business, and boy, are we thankful to have him. Let's give three cheers for our new voice actor, Michael, as he joins the fold. We're so excited to hear what he brings next. You can hear more from Risa Montanez on the Creepy Podcast, which you can find at www.creepypod.com. Now to the shows. Longtime resident powerhouse Otis Jiry has his very own show here on our network, Scary Stories Told in the Dark, which you can hear every Sunday night. On that note, be sure to check out the other shows that we offer here on our network. We have Fear from the Heartland, featuring horror stories brought to you from the Heartland, airing Wednesdays. Eric Peabody's Horror Hill is a podcast dedicated to some of our deeper and darker tales. We hope you'll check him out. And Drew Blood's Dark Tales airs Fridays, featuring some southern down-home horror. Now... Our weekly descent into the depths has just about come to a close. But before we go, I'd like to take a moment to thank you for joining us for tonight, and remind you to take a moment to stop by our iTunes page and leave Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, a five-star review and a kind word, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram if you haven't already. And of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can find an archive of our work going back to 2012. And consider signing up as a patron at our website, ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, to show your support and get all of our content ad-free. I'm your host of the evening, Steve Taylor, and it's been my pleasure. Tune in again next week when we once again turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Sweet dreams, listener. Sweet dreams.
4: You can live out your Master Chef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well inside to outside repairs to renovations get started on the angie app or visit angie.com today you can do this when you angie that
0: angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well if you own a home you know how much work it can take whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs